Welcome to the MI Hunting Podcast. It's hunting season across the state with archery season opener finally upon us. hunting season it is finally here it is the archery season opener and this is that time of year where it's just hunting season we've got deer season open up uh, those that are uh, bird hunters you know you've been able to goose hunt um, all this month already squirrel season opened up a couple weeks ago uh, duck season opens as well uh, let's see that we got the northern zone you've been able to hunt ducks for about a week now Middle zone opens up this weekend as well. And then the south zone opens up in about a week or so. And then those that were able to get out uh, this past month for the Liberty Hunt or the early doe season. And if you found success there, congratulations. Uh, For the rest of us, now's our opportunity to try to capitalize. One of those things that I've been chomping at a bit, probably all month now, uh, just waiting for the season to open. Fortunately, the month went by pretty quickly. Uh, I was worried that it was going to be the longest month of the year, just waiting to be able to get out uh, out to the woods and do some hunting. But it's finally here, and I think this is probably one of the first years where I'm probably the most excited as well as feeling the most prepared for the season. So I am eager to get out there. So for this episode, I'm just going to go over kind of my last-minute thoughts on basically the season prep or just the mindset of going into the season here and i'm going to cover this first and foremost um is safety um you know again a lot of us are going to be heading out to the woods you know so safety is a big thing you know and i don't want to save this for the end of the podcast you know i want to put front and center because you still hear stories of you know individuals that get hurt especially those tree stand accidents uh you know there's too many things that Um, are available these days to where that shouldn't happen always make sure that if you're in a tree stand uh, that you're always wearing a safety harness and you're always tethering yourself to that tree you know especially now with the the lifelines that have been out for a good number of years now you know once you have that tree stand hung you can tether that lifeline uh, to the tree and and then tie it off at the bottom as well so when you climb that tree stand you know, you're tethered to the tree all the way up and all the way down. And if you don't have a lifeline um, and you have that tether at the top of the tree, I do highly encourage that you wear a lineman's belt as you climb up the tree. Again, it's one of those things where it's very easy to slip and fall out of your tree stand as you're getting in or out of it. If you haven't uh, been in a tree stand in a while, or at least haven't been in a particular stand, do make sure that you double check those straps and those cables on those stands. Do make sure that they are still sturdy before you pop down in it. You know, I always have good intentions of making sure that, you know, I check every one of my stands. There's actually a couple out at my mom's place that I never even got to this year. Um, and my sister's planning on hunting them. So it's one of the things I made sure to tell her, like, hey, make sure you check those straps uh, before you sit in that stand. Because they've been out there, you know, all year. And you never know if some critter's been chewing on them or they just get weathered and weakened. And then another thing that I've kind of thought about um, especially with me considering of you know sometimes going from my vertical bow to potentially using a crossbow like if I'm on a blind or something like that 
you know, always making sure that you're comfortable and proficient with, especially those crossbows, you know, they all are a little bit different, you know, the locking mechanisms, safeties, um, you know, how you load them, how you, how you unload them. So do make sure that if you're you know, using a crossbow for the first time or you've gotten a new one, do make sure that you're, you know, comfortable with the functions of that crossbow. Because the last thing you want to do is, you know, be out in a hunting situation and, you know, not feeling comfortable with the equipment and potentially creating a dangerous situation. And that's it for my little rant on the safety stuff. You know, it doesn't have to be said, but it bears repeating that safety should be a priority, you know, especially when you start getting off that ground and whatnot. And I guess the one last thing I'm going to touch on with the safety bit is, you know, it's not a bad idea to have some type of of first aid kit um, you know in your pack or in your vehicle uh, I myself actually uh, probably the past few years have actually made sure I took along a essentially just like tourniquet uh, in my pack for in that worst case scenario uh, I'd heard a story of a guy that uh, that an arrow had fallen out of one hunter's quiver and another hunter that in the party was walking with him and the arrow somehow had fallen out or was sitting with the broadhead sticking up and he actually, as he was walking through, it went through his leg and and then as he took his next step, it came right out. So he was walking along bleeding and didn't even realize it. So that it could be something as crazy of a fluke situation like that, but you could find yourself getting stabbed by something or getting a severe cut somehow. And if you end up, you know, catching an artery or something like that, then having some type of tourniquet or some type of first aid uh, available uh, could really, you know, essentially get you out of pinch and potentially save your life as well. But that's it for the for the safety rant. The prime focus is, is that archery season is upon us. And of course, looking at the forecast, you know, I've been watching that that weather forecast all week. And once you know it, it looks like we've got rain on the forecast for the weekend, which certainly is not what not what we've been hoping for, but it is what it is. So, and it doesn't look like, at least for my area, that we're going to get a, a ton of rain, but it is going to be looming over the course of the entire weekend. So, even I've even kind of considered, you know, how much hunting I want to do this weekend. You know, you run that run that scenario through your head where you shoot a deer and you know you lose it or you lose that blood trail because of the rain so it's something that always looms over your mind you know when you get rain on the forecast especially during that archery season but with the intermittent rain could be a good time to catch a deer moving you know some of those rains may keep the deer uh, bedded and then once that rain succeeds or that sun comes back out if it does, then that could get those deer up on those up on their feet and could present some good opportunities. Now that's what I'm gonna end up banking on for this weekend. But with that threat of the rain, you know, it's gonna be really making sure that I got a good shot and not taking any type of marginal shot, making sure that they're in closer than what I would shoot probably on a normal day. You know, typically I'm comfortable to shooting at a deer about forty yards. Don't like that scenario. So certainly something more around of 30 yards to 35 yards, a little bit more comfortable with, but with the, with the threat of rain, you know, I might even move that into 
uh, you know, something around 20, 25 yards. Um, anything outside of that, uh, unless it's a, unless I'm feeling very comfortable with, you know, how the deer, you know, is reacting, if they're nice and calm. But it'll be that situation where if, if I do have any doubt on my ability to make a good shot um, and have it make sure that it gets in those vitals to where, you know, hopefully it should be a short track job, you know, I'll probably hold off on taking that shot. And even with uh, talking to my wife about, you know, the rains and whatnot, you know, she even brought up that, you know, I do know someone that does have a tracking dog. So, you know, if it seems questionable or if the heavens open up and there's a downpour and we do lose the blood trail, you know, those dogs are very good at being able to still pick up the scent, uh, even though, you know, we, that visible sign may be gone. So they would certainly be a good asset. And again, it doesn't help or it doesn't hurt to do a little bit of research ahead of time. You know, if you've if you're thinking about potentially utilizing a dog tracker this season, um, it doesn't hurt to do a little bit of research ahead of time. Uh, find ones that are local. Uh, even maybe even give them a call to find out, you know, kind of what they like to see uh, going into a track, what type of information they're going to want. Certain times of the year, they get quite busy and they may not be able to, you know, get to you right away. So if that's something you're interested in, one site that I have utilized to kind of look for trackers in my area as a site is unitedbloodtrackers.org and basically it has a map of uh, you know trackers that are are in the area they give a little bit about uh, themselves their dog um, and kind of what the experience level is so you can you know determine or kind of you know pick through uh, the tracker that you would like to try to work with and then of course if a tracker that you try to contact isn't available, uh, then those then you still have that list of other trackers that may be still in the area and may be available. And then with the weekend approaching, I've been working on getting all my gear together, you know, getting those hunting clothes out of the closet, out of the tote, making sure I've got everything organized for what I need for especially for the early season. You know, don't need all my you know heavy winter gear. Setting that off to the side, getting it in the washer, getting it clean. No, and part of my routine is I do wash in, you know, a scent eliminating laundry detergent, and then I put any of the hunting clothes that I'm gonna be using in a tote that I've sealed. And then another thing that I do uh, that I did last year, and it did seem to make a difference, is I do have a I think it's a scent slammer, is a little portable ozone generator. And I'll toss that in, you know, usually on my, you know, just before I head out to my hunt spot, let it run, run that ozone over my clothes on my way there. As I pull the, my clothes out, then I know they're, you know, even more scent free, even after me handling them, you know, getting them in the tote and having them sit in that tote for a while. And then once I pack it back up after the hunt, I do the same thing. Once I throw my hunt clothes in there throw that ozone generator back in there, let it run on my way home. And that just helps, you know, keep those clothes a little bit more scent free to where I'm not having to worry about, you know, scent building up and having to get them back in the wash again. Uh, you know, I drastically decreased in how much I washed my hunting clothes using that. And then go through, and then going through all or essentially my pack, um, you know, with me kind of changing 
how I'm going to be hunting, especially on the public land side. Um, I did end up ordering up a new pack. It's more of like a sling pack um, with a lot more of the, the molly straps on the outside um, for me to be able to carry like my climbing sticks and whatnot. And then, you know, I did some practice, you know, setups in my backyard or behind my house where, you know, I took my pack with my you know, climbing sticks, my platform, the new saddle I'm going to be using. Uh, I took my bow out, set up my target, and just basically did a practice run of my setup, getting into the tree, bow up, making sure I'm comfortable with, you know, shooting from that saddle. And I realized that the pack that I had, you know, basically for me to get essentially the platform out, I have to take the backpack off my back, put it in the front, try pulling the platform out, and then putting the back on my back. And, you know, I run the risk of potentially dropping something, and it's just really cumbersome. So hopefully the sling pack, I can swing it around my body without actually having to take it off, pull the platform out, and swing the back backpack back around without actually having to take it off completely. And then I, I'm going to reiterate this again. Do make sure you're still practicing uh, shooting. You know, I myself have fallen into this where I've practiced hard all summer, you know, shooting several times a week. And then we get into the season and I find myself not practicing nearly as often. So one thing I've uh, done in the past, I'm going to do again this year, is a quick session of basically doing the first shot only shot where you just go out with one arrow and you take that shot simulating that hunting scenario a little bit where you don't get a few practice rounds or practice shots in before you have to take that shot at the animal and it's a good good little test where you know you really focus on that first shot making sure you have a good shot and then as long as you're doing well with it then it's a very good confidence booster you know knowing that you know you can you know, make a good shot, you know, on that first arrow. So when you do end up, you know, sitting in the stand for a while and that and that deer comes in and you got to make that perfect shot, you have the confidence knowing that, that you can make a good shot on that very first shot. And then hopefully you've had time to do some last-minute prep, prep work. Now I myself uh, did some last-minute scouting this past week just to double-check uh, some new areas where, you know, I kind of had a pin on it and I hadn't had a chance to get out to yet. So I did a quick scouting trip and, you know, the spot looked good. I found one good spot. It's actually right off the two tracks, only about 70 yards off of the, the main road. I could actually, from where I'm going to be hanging my, my set, I can actually see my truck uh, uh, from the stand. So it's one of those uh, areas, again, where... You know, you don't have to get too far off to find a good spot. I found a nice area where a couple of tracks or a couple of trails come together and found a couple of good rubs as well as it looks like they've already opened up a scrape uh, or that or it's just a historical scrape that they've, you know, put right in the trail and just from them walking on it, it stayed open. But then also when, you know, checking that spot, I did go a little bit deeper there was a spot a little bit further back. Uh, it's basically like an inside inside corner of a clear cut. And then on one part of that L, there's a little bit of a point that comes out. Only sticks out about 10 yards or so, but figured that would be a good spot. 
with that inside corner and that little point coming out might be a good place to set up. So I made it out there, found some good trails there. You know, no significant uh, rubs or anything like that I found, but definitely some good good trails. Picked out a tree that I liked, uh, checking the rest of the area, turned around, and about 20 yards behind me was a ladder stand already set up. So someone else certainly had the same idea as me. So abandoned that spot, went in a little bit deeper into the woods. There was another spot where there's a bit of a lowland area where it was kind of kind of marshy where there's uh some definitely some standing water still there <laughs> made my way back towards that area figured that'd be a good spot and sure enough there was another tree stand hanging there so i'm glad that i went out there when i did and determined that yep there is some hunting pressure already in those areas you know i could imagine you know going out there if i hadn't pre-scouted get set up and then next i know either there's a guy sitting in a tree next to me or as I'm sitting there, they come into their spot. So I was glad I made it out there and confirmed that. And then I went through and checked a couple of the historical sites I've hunted in the past just to make sure things were still essentially looking as I remembered them and as I left them from the season before. And then expanding on uh, a couple of areas within, or I guess I should say sites, or better more, find the right spot within the area uh, there's a spot where I found some buck bedding in the past. You know, where I set up last year, I was, again, in the right area, but not necessarily in the right spot where uh, a lot of the deer moved with just a little out of range. So this year, I went back in there, scouted a couple other uh, potential trees to be, able, to be able to put a stand. You know, With this last-minute scouting, I, a couple of things that I wanted to do is see you know, how close I could get into certain areas or push into. And that's why boots on ground scouting is always so important. You know, a couple of spots that I wanted to try hunting, you know, one spot, plenty of good sign is basically, you know, a bit of a crossing area. There's, you know, there's basically a bit of a marsh area between two blocks of timber and there's some good crossings in there. Scouted that area and really good area as for right now i can't figure out a good way to hunt it there's basically two trees that are potential to hunt out of but they're not very good so it's one of those things where it's a good spot but it's just i feel as though it's a bit unhuntable at this point until i get it figured out a little bit better which you could run into that you know find a good spot and you could hunt a, a, the area but you know that risk to reward uh, may not be there you know the same area where i found that buck bedding before is basically at a big clear cut and it's grown in quite a bit now with with a lot of popples and they had left a lot of you know some of the treetops and branches and whatnot it's grown in you know briars and it's really tough to get in there or move around in there without making a ton of noise so as much as i'd want to be able to push up and get closer to the bedding it would be very difficult to get in there uh, without spooking the deer or potentially being in a spot where you know they're either going to hear me or or even worse they're going to smell me once i'm in there so in that instance i'm going to back up just a little bit it's going to be a bit more of 
an observation sit until I can get that area figured out a little bit more, maybe push in a little bit closer uh, once I kind of learn uh, the deer movement a little bit better around that bedding area. And then it's kind of sticking on the scouting, um, on this, especially on the public land. If you're in a big woods area, uh, what I'm learning is that you're not going to always find a lot of buck sign. You know, there's a big, there's a big area a lot of times that you're dealing with. The deer density numbers may not be all that high, so there may not be a lot of buck sign that you find. If I find one or two rubs, maybe a scrape on a good trail, then I'm starting to learn that that is potentially a pretty good spot still. You know, what I used to look for or consider uh, to be a good spot is where I'd have to find, you know, a significant amount of sign, a bunch of rubs, or a bunch of scrapes in the area, which certainly those are, you know, certainly hot spots. But even if you're in a good area that has good terrain or good cover or food in the area, if you're not finding a lot of sign, but you do find some sign, then that may be a good potential spot. may not be your number one spot, but it could be a, a spot to consider. And then always make sure that you're considering uh, that you have site or stand locations or hunting areas that you can hunt in different winds. You know, this is something I've fallen victim to in the past where you know, you set up all your stands and lo and behold, they're only good for one wind or all of them are good and on the same wind. So if you get an off wind, then, then you either risk being scented or being winded or you don't go out hunting. The one thing I always try to do is make sure that I've got essentially a stand for each different type of wind. And sometimes what's the harder part is making sure you have good access routes for those winds as well. You know, you might be able to have a stand that's good for a wind, but if you don't have a good way to get to that stand that corresponds with that wind as well, then it becomes very difficult to hunt. And then also consider whether or not that spot is a good morning area or a good evening area. But always make sure that you take in consideration thermals as well as that, as that air temperature rises and falls, it can pull your scent in directions that you don't really want it to go. So it's always good to take that in consideration as well. And of course, with most of us getting out to the woods for the first time, you know, we're all going to be a little bit rusty. So do make sure you get plenty of time to get out to the stand, get set up. You know, before you, before you leave for the day or for that hunt, you know, double check your gear. Make sure you got everything. Check and recheck. Um, do a shakedown of your gear. Empty out your pack. Lay it all in front of you. Make sure you got everything and then put it right back in happens all the time where you forget something last year i ended up forgetting my release thought i had it in my pocket made it out to the stand went to go put it on and it was wasn't there fortunately i didn't see any deer that morning but it was one of those where if a deer did come in could have been a missed opportunity so that does about covers it again it's just been it's just been a slow burn uh, as we got into the season here and it's finally here so with my last closing notes here, you know, again, be safe out there, you know, take your time and ask the number of people that are getting out into the woods, you know, and try to be considerate of others in the woods. There's going to be a lot of other hunters out there. There's going to be other people out there that are going to just be enjoying the outdoors, going for walks, walking their dogs, bike rides. And if you do run into other hunters that are in your area, you know, take the time to talk to them a little bit, you know, you're going to you know, help build that relationship, that community. And then also, you know, it helps to, 
you know, make sure there's no conflicts of, you know, two people hunting in the exact same spot. Like I ran into with the scouting that I did. If you find yourself where you're hunting the exact same area as another hunter, talk to them. And a lot of times, you know, one or the other can just kind of move a little bit or hunt different times. You know, just making sure you're both on the same page. You know, that open communication just really helps cut down on any hunter conflict. And a big good luck to all of you throughout the season. Hope you find success in whatever you consider a successful season. And make sure you're having fun too. You know, sometimes with the with hunting, it can get a little stressful, a little frustrating sometimes. Uh, but do make sure that you're taking some time to enjoy it. You know, being out in those woods is a good way to unwind. And with that, again, final good luck to you. 